Brian family, Pastor Dan here. As you can see, I'm not actually here today. As a matter of fact, I am down in McDonald, Tennessee with two, our, uh, two of our very own uh, students. Isaiah Krause, you may know him, that's my youngest son, and Lacey DeFrancisco have qualified to ride their equestrian disciplines in nationals, and that's what they're doing right now, both of them seeking a national title, so pretty exciting stuff. Also exciting is what you're about to hear and who you're about to hear it from. Alex Rivas, as you've known, has been on our staff now for a couple of years, first as an intern, uh, then in a part-time student director. And as I told you last week, he has now stepped into the role of pastor in residence for youth ministry. Well, you are gonna hear from him today. I had the privilege of hearing this message from him on Monday as he was preparing. And uh, I was very encouraged about what I heard. And I know you're going to be uh, encouraged as well. So I'm praying for all of you today. I'm praying for you, Alex, as you're bringing God's word. I know you're gonna do a great job. And uh, be, do, do me a favor, pray for uh, the, the Franciscos and Krauses as we're making our way back up tomorrow from Southern Tennessee. Thanks and God bless. Man, high praise, high praise coming from the lead guy, right? <laughs> Good morning, uh, my name is Alex Rivas. As Dan said, I have had the privilege of serving here at Berean for the past two years. As he said, I came on as an intern in May of 2019, best time to start working anywhere. And then, right? And then by the end of that summer, I was hired on as a director of student ministries. And now this past month have stepped into the role of a full-time pastor and residence of student ministries. So it has been a pleasure and honor to be with you here in this here in this room, here in the student center, or if you've seen any of us online, it's been awesome. It's been awesome, you know? It's been great. Um, and let me tell you uh, a bit about myself. I'm not originally from Mansfield. I'm actually originally from a small town of Chicago, um, a suburb of Columbus. It's, it's, a, it's a very small town. It's not even on the map. Um, <laughs> but uh, moving from Chicago to Mansfield was a bit of a culture shock for me. You know, usually, yeah, no, right? <laughs> usually people experience a bit of a culture shock moving from a small town to a big city. But me, I'm used to noise and ambulances and yelling and cars honking. And if you've been anywhere like that, you understand what I'm saying. But I moved here with my wife in 2019, my then fiance, and um, I was so appalled at how quiet it was. <laughs> it was so eerie and it was so dark all the time. I would run to my car after, like every night because it was so dark, I was so afraid. Um, and then deer. Deer is a whole new thing. That's, that's a whole different story, okay? <laughs> so it was a really good time to move here, and, and I've been privileged to be able to serve here and to get to know many of you, and, and I, the privilege is all the more as I continue to work here and get to meet more and more of you. Um, but some of my first impressions here were actually really interesting. So like, again, my, I started here May 2019. I think the church had just stopped meeting for the first time that Sunday. You know, you had just gone online. And I came, and there was really nothing going on, and I showed up, and that first day, Phil was, like, drinking Diet Coke with Mentos in it, so it was, it was really interesting first impression. But on my second day, I was actually, the, the church had received a call to get some help to go serve this family, and I was like, yeah, well, Phil asked me to go on it, and I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So I went with this couple to go and serve this family, and we, we picked up some furniture, we got a table, we got some chairs, a nice little coffee table for them, and we had a bunch of food also for them. 
And we're driving with, I'm driving with this couple to the place where, you know, we're supposed to meet this family, and we pull up to their house. And, you know, it's not the greatest of conditions, but when we walked in, I, I felt the love in the room. This couple came in, and they showed so much love to this family, to her, this mother and her kids, and they, and they loved on them, and they shared, you know, a little Bible story with them. They prayed with them, and I could see the intentionality. I could see the compassion and the love that they had for this mother and her kids. And that was a really, that left a really big impression on me because I'd only been at Berean for two days. And within those first two days, I, th I thought, man, Berean is a church that serves. What an example. And you wouldn't be surprised to hear that this couple that I was with was actually Ted and Nancy Ryan. And if you know Ted and Nancy, you're not surprised, right? We all love Ted and Nancy, and we know that they, ha that, we have s that they have had many stories of loving on people and serving kids, serving people who are far from Jesus, and you're not surprised. And many of us probably have stories of that, of, you know, each other in the room, with stories of faithfulness, stories of devotion, of consistency in their serving. And we know these people to be examples of Christians who are living their lives the right way, Right? We know them to be those kinds of people. And we would hope that they would keep Christ at the center of everything that they do, serving him alone and bringing glory to him. But if we can be honest with ourselves for a second, we can all fall into different kinds of traps in the life of serving. We can all fall into, kind, into every kind of trap, whether we realize it or not. We may ask ourselves different kinds of questions, asking maybe, what does serving do for me? Will people see me as a better person? Will people respect me more? Does this just fulfill a need that I just want to serve? And maybe you've even thought to yourself, you know, I've just always done it this way. We're all in need of understanding that in order to seize every ministry opportunity, in order to live out our lives as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we need to serve with the right heart. And so, as we draw closer to God through serving, we need to understand this main point. And again, if you, I'd say this with students. If you take anything away, take this one thing, okay? That in order to take a step closer to Jesus through serving, we must be slaves of all. And this is a biblical principle that we find with Jesus' conversation with John and James. In Mark 10, 30, 35 to 45. So if you have your Bibles, if you could please turn with me to Mark 10, 35 to 45, or if you have your phones with you, that'd be great. Or uh, if you don't have any, either of those, we'll have them up on the screen, okay? Again, Mark 10, 35 to 45. Let's pray before we engage this text. Lord, I am humbled to be here in front of these people. I am grateful for uh, this time to be here. Help us now as we study your word together uh, to be encouraged to see um, what it means to be a slave of all, um, serving as you as our example. Help us this morning, soften our hearts, and use me, Lord, uh, despite me, use me as your vessel this morning. We ask in your name. Amen. All right. So, again, the passage is Mark 10, 35 to 45. So I'm going to give you a little bit more time there with some context here. You know, this is part of a conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples. It's coming on the heels of it. He had just predicted his death again, 
okay? And if you know anything about Jesus' ministry, you know, his disciples were walking with him for a few years. They had been called by him, and they had been living with Jesus, seeing the amazing things that he's been doing. He had done miracles. He had healed people. And at that point, he had shown his transfigured body, which is his fully glorified body. And it said that some of the disciples were afraid, terrified, and they misunderstood it. And that kind of misunderstanding of being a Christian or being a servant it appears in this passage again. And so, again, let's look at Mark 10, 35 to 45. And here we find our first point in these first set of verses, that the slave of all must be a humble servant. Okay? Slave of all must be a humble servant. So, it says, verse 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And then he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you were asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit in my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten had heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. So John and James opened this conversation with Jesus with the request. Hey, Jesus, you got a second? So, you know, we've been with you for, you know, past few years, and we've seen you do some really cool things. And, you know, me and James, I'm John, me and James, you know, we're... We think we're pretty cool. You know, it would be really nice if we could, you know, in your glory, if you want, um, for us to sit at your right and your left hand. Interesting thing to ask, the audacity, <laughs> right? Because they're talking to the God of the universe, creator of all things, right? And they're, like, asking, making this request of him out of selfishness. But Jesus responds to them with a few questions, asking them if they can drink the cup that he will drink. And if they can be baptized with this baptism. And in the end of this passage, this little section right here, this opening remark, it ends up causing division amongst the disciples. It says in verse 41, and when the tenant heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Indignant, meaning that they were feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what was perceived as unfair treatment. All the other disciples saw what they were doing, and they're like, who do you think you are? Asking that to Jesus. We're all in the room here with you. Hello. And this, and this ended up causing a lot of strife amongst the disciples. Because here's the thing. Our selfishness, their selfishness, would probably be the thing that would keep them from being at Jesus' left and at his right. And as we know, people in positions of authority, if someone's in the middle, whoever's at the right and their left, are pretty important people. Selfishness, quite honestly, is the greatest crutch to the slave of all. And in a world that is all about me, 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 this idea of being a slave of all is pretty countercultural. But here's the thing. Yes, that happens today, but we're reading this passage together now, and this is, this is from a time 2,000 years ago. This has been a problem for people as long as they've existed. Selfishness has always been the problem. And so we need to understand what is the opposite of the selfishness. It's humility. And in reality, we need to understand, again, that humility 
is the greatest mark of the slave of all. Humility is the greatest mark of the slave of all. Now, for me, I wasn't always a humble person, and even now I still struggle with that. It's not easy. But one of the quickest ways that I had to learn humility was through being a janitor. Being a janitor. I didn't start off, you know, big cheese working in, working in ministry. I, had to, I started off uh, serving at my church as a janitor. And I worked at this school. It was also, my church was also partly a school, and it was mostly comprised of preschoolers. Now, if you know anything about preschoolers, they're so much better at making a mess than cleaning it up, right? And they don't care. You know, they're doing whatever it is they want to do. And I'm here to just clean it up. Clean up the toilets after them, clean up their trash, or whatever other fluids that are on the floor. But I was humbled by that. It was a very humbling experience. Because I needed to see that in order for me to serve the church, I need to be willing to do these things also. That I am not above anything. And that whole, that whole time that I was serving in that, in that role as a janitor, I had to learn the hard way what humility was. But again, learning that I am not above anything. Much like James and John, I thought that I had it all together. I really did. And that I didn't need to do something like that. You know, I appreciate the guy who doesn't. You're, you're great, but I never thought I would do that myself. But the Lord humbled me in that experience. But now being in this position, being in, in ministry, you know, leadership, I've been around some people who are like-minded people in similar positions of authority. And we've had different conversations, you know, of what leadership should be like. And one thing that I've shared with them that a lot of people agree with me with um, is this, is that there is no room for anyone at the table of leadership if they're not willing to clean a toilet. Right? There's no room for anyone at the table of leadership if they're not willing to clean a toilet because the slave of all must be humble. Point two, the slave of all uses their gifts for God's glory. Look at verse 42. And Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that those who were considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercised authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great amongst you among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus makes this point to emphasize that the rulers of the time were anything but servants. In fact, they were probably sitting in their palaces on a recliner, being fanned by someone and being fed grapes and cheese, right? That's probably what they were doing at that time. They were being anything but servants. But Jesus calls his disciples to be something greater by being something lesser. Instead of considering yourselves as the greatest of all, how about consider yourself as a servant of all? We may ask ourselves, you know, what does it mean to be a slave of all? It means to be a servant of all. And you may also ask yourself, but, you know, how do I be a servant? We're trying to get at the heart behind what it means to be a servant. And that, quite simply, brothers and sisters, is you are a servant, but you can be a servant by using your God-given gifts. It's really, really simple. There is no greater tool in the hands of a Christian than the gifts that God has already given you. So, Look at what you have in yourself, the innate passions, the gifts that have been given to you by the Holy Spirit, these spiritual gifts, and use them for the glory of God, for the church. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each one of us 
If you call yourself a believer, has been given gifts from the Lord for the service of his church and for, to bring those who are far from him near to him. We all have these spiritual gifts and innate passions. Some of you guys have gifts of mercy, and that is amazing. We need that. Some of you guys have gifts of administration. That is very important and needed in the church. Some of you have the gift of teaching and you teach a Sunday school. That's also very important and very much needed in the life of the church. But you also have innate passions and skills. Some of you are really good with your hands. I appreciate that because I don't know anything about how to build anything. Some of you really love to organize things and to plan things out. Thank you so much for what it is that you do. Some of you guys also love students and kids and have the tremendous amount of saint-like patience to be able to serve with them. It's great. That's just as equally necessary. And it's great because that we all have these gifts and that we all are different in these gifts. Because, quite honestly, let's think about it for a second. Does it make sense for a body to be only comprised of ears? Does it make sense? No. Because all we would ever do is listen. And if you know anything, I've been married. If I, all if I ever do is listen, then it, <laughs> nothing gets done, right? You don't actually accomplish anything. But if we were also a body only comprised of mouths, then we would only talk. And we would never get anything done. We would never see the need of the people around us. It's necessary for the body to have each and every part so that it functions. Again, we together are the body of Christ. And so the slave of all uses their gifts for God's glory. Following also the example that we have, the greatest example that we have in Jesus Christ. Our third point, the slave of all imitates the servant king. The slave of all imitates the servant king. Verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come into this world as people thought that he would. They thought he would come into this world to free the Israelites from political oppression, that, the, that he would come in and topple the Roman Empire. But in reality, he came into Jerusalem, not in a stallion, not in fanfare, but on a donkey as people dropped palms before him. Dirty, probably from the road. And he came into this world not in lightning, not in chariots, not in pillars of fire, but he came into this world as a baby, as you and I did. And he did not come into this world to be served as many kings and rulers were, but he came into this world to serve and to give his life for a people that, have, that would have no grasp of the weight of his sacrifice. Humble and lowly is the king who came into this world to die for you and for me. Humble and lowly is he. This king people thought would come to rule actually came to be slave of all. He makes this point in verse 45 that you should live to be like him. And Paul makes this point also in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And this process of becoming more like Jesus is actually, it's got a fancy word to it. It's called sanctification. Let's say that together. One, two, three. Sanctification. Okay? Sanctification. Wayne Grudem defines sanctification as this. Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. It's a progressive work. 
meaning that it's gradual and not instantaneous. It happens at the, or sanctification begins at the moment of conversion and increases throughout the course of your life and is finally completed at the moment of your death as you enter into the glory of your God, the glory of him. That's sanctification. It's all a process. And so we all should make an effort to become more sanctified, closer to Jesus through serving, especially with him as our example. Because only through following him can we truly live out what it means to be slaves of all. And again, this is a process. It's not always easy. So we all need to understand that we're at different stages of this walk. Some of us are very close to the end. Some of us are right in the middle. Some of us are right at the beginning of it. Or we're anywhere in between. We're all in the process of it. But by knowing these points, we should better be able to understand the necessity of serving. That it is a calling of every believer to serve. And as the passage puts it, to be a slave of all. But not to be consumers. And people who sit back in their recliners, much like the rulers were at that time. And so, all of us are at different points of this walk, and so I have a few questions for you as we begin to wrap up. I'm going to invite the band now to come back up to join us back on the stage. If you are a new person or a new believer, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Is this community, Brian, a you know, community I want to be a part of? Is this community a community I want to be a part of? Can I get behind the mission of Berean to take life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond? You may also need to ask yourself, am I a part of this body? Maybe you've been here for a few months or a few days or maybe in your first week or maybe this is your first day being here. You should ask yourself, am I a part of this body? Am I involved in a group somewhere? Am I seeking accountability from the people at this church? Those are the questions for the new believer, the new person here at our church. If you're a regular and you're not serving yet, ask yourself, you know, what are my gifts? What are my gifts? Uh, as you know, a few months ago, we did this thing called Serve Sundays with our students. And it was pretty amazing to have all the students be either serving in the tech booth or greeting or serving with students. It's been pretty great. But one of the weeks beforehand that we had to kind of prepare for that was we spent some time taking a spiritual gifts assessment. And it's very similar to kind of like a personality test in which you take this test and answer questions according to your life. And then at the end, it kind of spits out a few answers for you. Like, you have the gift of hospitality, or you have the gift of teaching, or evangelism, whatever it may be. And then I asked the students to come up to me and show me what it was that they had. And if I saw that they... Um, that they had this gift that I could affirm in their life, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. You do have the gift of hospitality. Or if I saw that they had exhortation, I knew that they were an encouraging person, I would say, yeah, you, you are a very encouraging person that you love to see those that are far from Jesus come to know him. And so take a gift, gift assessment like that and have people around you come around you and um, affirm that in your life. Also ask yourself, if you're a regular but not serving person, what do I need to do to be serving? There are processes for beginning to serve here at Berean. You know, maybe you need to attend that training. Or maybe you need to talk to that person in leadership over that thing. And especially if you're working with minors, you need to get that background check done. We have to do all these things in order to be serving. But here's the thing I would like for you all to understand. 
is that you don't need a degree to know how to welcome people at a door. You don't need a degree to know how to love a student and to hear the difficulties of their life. You don't need a degree to be able to teach kids and to love on them and to teach them about Jesus. You don't need degrees for that. So know that God will equip you for that good work to serve him in that capacity. And lastly, if you are already serving, I would like you to ask yourself this, where is my heart? Where is my heart? Maybe I've been doing this for a long time and maybe I've lost sight of what it is that I'm doing here. Maybe I've been serving and, and, and I maybe have made it about myself. Lord, I need to make it about you. Also ask yourself, do I need to change lanes? Maybe I've been serving in this ministry for far too long. Maybe I should serve somewhere else. And it's important that we have maybe even that change. But not to stop serving. For even the song that we sang earlier, it said that for as long as that we have breath, that we should serve the Lord. As long as we have breath, we should serve the Lord. So as you go about your week, please find time to stop and to reflect on these things and to do what's necessary to serve. Don't miss out on this opportunity to grow closer to Jesus through serving. And again, this helps us accomplish the role of the church, which is to be the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are far from him. For when we all serve, we all work as the body parts that we are supposed to be. Working to be slaves of all through humility. And we all grow closer to Jesus and, and together through the work that we are doing. Because man, this world needs a church that's willing to look beyond itself to serve the least of these. And many of you did that just this past weekend in that prison. This world also needs a church that's willing to see that they don't have it all together. And if you're, you're, you're not falling anywhere in between, you know, the new person or new believer or the regular or the person who's been serving for a long time, maybe you're in need of knowing that there's a Savior that loves you, that died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, who came here to serve you. To, and I needed to know that as a teenager, to, that Jesus Christ came into this world to serve me by living a perfect life that I was unable to, to serve me by dying a death that I was deserving, to serve me by forgiving a debt that was mine to owe. And maybe you're in need of knowing that this morning, that there is a God who has done the work to forgive you and to free you from your sin. And yes, brothers and sisters, the Bible calls us to be slaves of all, but let me tell you the reality of that is that you will be so much more free than you could have ever imagined. Following Christ being slaves and being servants to all of those around you. All you need to do is to repent and place your trust in him. He is, good. He is strong enough to forgive you. Again, the, the world needs a church that's willing to love and serve those who don't know Jesus by being slaves of all, through humility, by using their gifts, and by imitating Christ their king. So let's do our part in growing closer to Jesus by taking a step closer to him through our serving. Sound good? All right, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your body. Help us all to be real with ourselves and to ask those questions of ourselves. Wherever we are, may we be real, may we be able to find a place to serve. Lord, reveal to us our gifts. Help us to draw closer to you. 
now and every day. We ask in your name. Amen.